We are in a series called Freedom, Living the Abundant Life. And week number one, we talked about freedom from comparison. I know I might be a little biased, but I think it was one of the best sermons I've ever heard on comparison in, in, in my entire life. Last week was the, was the freedom from unforgiveness. I encourage you, if you've not, you weren't here to watch those, to go back, podcast them. This morning, I want to talk to you about freedom from sickness, freedom from sickness. And uh, there's three questions I want to try to answer, because I think that's the questions that before we, before, we're going to pray for people, we're going to believe God to heal you. But before we do that, again, these three questions, I want you to bow your head. Lord, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that your word would penetrate our hearts, that your word would change this atmosphere, that you would watch over your word to perform what you've said. God, we, we acknowledge that the Holy Spirit is here. We acknowledge that the grace of God is available. We acknowledge that you want to do some wonderful, powerful, amazing things in our midst. And we believe it, and we ask that you'll do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Here's the first question I want to answer. Is God able to heal? Is God able to heal? And if you look, at, again, a lot of scripture today. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to jot this down. God said he was a healer. If you go back, all the way back to the book of Exodus, here's what he told the Israelites as they were coming out of Egypt. If you listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians. Israelites, you want to know who I am? You want to know what I'm about? For I am the Lord who heals you. That's one of the nine compound names of Jehovah God. I am Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. You, you want to know what my priority is? You want to know what my desire for your life is? You want, you want to know what I'm able to do? I am able to heal. If you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus, according to Hebrews, is the exact representation of God. If you want to know what God is like, study Jesus. If you want to know his, his, his abilities, if you want to know his priorities, if you want to know his passions, then study the life of Jesus. When Jesus was on earth, he healed. Really, he did three core things. He preached the gospel. He, he, he challenged and encouraged men to turn to repentance. And he healed sick. That, that's what he did. Here's what God's word says. Jesus went through, again, you want to know what God's like? See what Jesus is like. He went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, trying to win people to the Lord, healing every disease and sickness among the people. Matthew chapter 8, when Jesus came to Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her. She got up and began to wait on him. When evening came, many who, so word gets out, man, he just healed Peter's mother-in-law, maybe he can heal me. Many were brought to him that were demon-possessed, and he drove out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were sick. So so you got God declaring, hey, I'm Jehovah Rapha. I'm the God who heals. You got his son performing miracles of healings. And then then you got the sacrificial death of of Jesus on the cross. When he died, this is what Isaiah prophesied. He said he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Listen to this, this verse. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. Well, what does that mean? That means that the wages of sin is death. There is, a, there is a punishment for sin. But Jesus bore the punishment. Jesus took the punishment so we could experience peace. 
And then he said, and by his stripes we are healed. If you look at the Word of God, you'll often find salvation and healing in the same verse. He not only heals our, he not only forgives our sins, but he heals our bodies. Jesus not only died on a cross to redeem our spirit, but to redeem our bodies, our physical bodies. Here's what he said in, in, in Psalms 103. Bless the Lord. The, the psalmist is just giving him praise. Oh, my soul. And forget none of his benefits. The first two benefits that he offers, he who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. God declared it. I'm Jehovah Rapha. Jesus, he did it. He did miracles everywhere he went. The Bible declares that, that by his stripes we are healed. And then Jesus was sending out his ambassadors. He was sending out his representatives. And he would anoint them. And this is what he told the twelve. He said when Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. Sorry about that. Still going through puberty. And he sent them out to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He told the the first twelve, hey, this is what I want you to do. And then on another occasion, he sent 70 out. This is what he told them. When you enter a town and are welcome, heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God is is near. And, and that's what they did. Everywhere they went, they were healing. If you look at the back book of Acts, in Acts chapter 3, a lame man's healed. In Acts chapter 5, Philip's in Samaria, and healings are following his ministry. In Acts chapter 19, this is what it says, God did extraordinary miracles through the apostle Paul, so that even his handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to sick people, and their illnesses were cured. Now, I'm not trying to start an apron and a handkerchief ministry, but I'm trying to emphasize that there was some miraculous healings taking place. That The Bible says Peter's shadow would fall on a sick person, and they would get well. Well, that's Old Testament. That's, that's New Testament. That's a long time ago. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed, in the old, and he's no respecter of persons. Therefore, if God healed then, God can heal now. I was born with aspiratory pneumonia. I took a breath before I came out of the womb, and, and therefore I took on a, a bunch of fluid, and I was really literally drowning in fluid in my lungs, and so uh, it was an emergency birth. I was birthed. I was immediately placed in the NICU, and, and you know, if you've ever looked at the NICU, there's mainly babies in there that you can put in the palm of your hand, May, mainly premature and, and little, and, and I was nine pounds, two ounces, so they had this giant, mammoth, big-headed gorilla in the in the NICU with all these other little babies, you know, to all they, they were trying to do. And the doctors, their their thing was, he's not going to live. This is serious. He's drowning on his own fluid. This is a big deal. Or there's probably going to be some severe handicaps because of lack of oxygen and, and just what what's happening. And, and so my dad and, and mom just began to pray. They, they, they didn't know what else to do. They served the God that they believed was able to heal. And so my dad went to the little chapel at McDonnell Army Hospital in Fort Eustis, Virginia, and he laid his face before God, and he just started crying out on my behalf. My mom pacing in her room, praying for me, calling relatives, grandparents, uncles, aunts, churches that we've been involved in over the years to pray, pray for little Stan, that the Lord will heal him. And sure enough, God by his grace, God by his mercy, God by his power, dried up the fluid, caused me to be well, caused me to be right. You say, man, that's just luck. It's just chance. No, it's the healing power of Jesus Christ. 
because God is able to heal. If he did it then, he can do it now. We were on our way back from a, from a school shopping trip. School was about to start. We had gone into the city to get clothes, to, to get school supplies. We were headed the, the hour ride back home, and uh, we were on the interstate. And back then, they didn't care where you sat. They didn't care what you buckled. They didn't care. I don't even know if they cared if you drank. They didn't care. You could do whatever. You just had to get where you were going. And, and I was sitting. We had an old bugler saber. I was sitting on the armrest. We're middle schoolers. I'm sitting. Some of you young people don't even know what armrests are. It's where you rest your arm. They don't, they don't have that anymore. But, but you, and I was sitting there. No seat belt, no nothing. Mom and dad sitting on both sides. My brother is laying down in the back seat. We're, we're all pretty much in and out except for my dad. He's staying awake because he's driving. And we crest the top of a hill, and there's a drunk driver parked right at the crest, 60 miles an hour, cruise set. I, I remember waking up and seeing purple, and the next thing, cars on fire, everything smashed, every, there's blood. I mean, it's just a, one of the worst accidents that, that, that really I've ever seen. And again, listen, I, don't even, I, I do believe in the healing of God, but I also believe in the power and the protection of God. There, there, you know what should have happened? I'm sitting on that armrest. We hit a car going 60 miles an hour. I should have been sprung, launched, just sent from that car through that window. God knows where. I, 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 I came out with a few scratches and some bruised ribs. That's all that happened. I believe the angels of the Lord encamp around those who fear him. I believe the angel of God picked me up and put me in that floorboard. My mom had broke every bone in her face, smashed into the, to the dashboard, every, every bone, every bone broken, every... They began to set it. And again, I thank God for doctors. I thank God for the wisdom. I'll never tell you not to go to the doctor. I believe in it. I believe God heals like that. If you look at my mom today, years later, she has one little scar under her chin. Again, I do thank God for doctors and surgery and all that. But I also believe that God was God in those doctors' hands, that he was massaging her face in that operating room, that he was taking care of her and watching over her. My brother broke his femur bone, the biggest bone in your leg. He was told he was an avid baseball player, loved playing baseball. He was told, worst case, you won't be able to walk. Best case, you'll have a limp. Uh, you'll never be able to, to, to catch on the baseball team. They put him in traction. They sent him home to heal up. That spring, less than a year later, he's an all-star catcher on the baseball team. Friend, that, that's miraculous. That, that's the healing power of God. God, God is a healer. He is Jehovah Rapha. Jesus did it. He he. He sent out his disciples to do it, and he still does it today. If God has healed one person since the, since the New Testament writ, has been written, that he has not closed shop on healing. He is a healer. He is able. He heals naturally. I cut my finger this week, opening up, uh, 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 trying to use a little knife to open up a can, and I'm not recommending you do that. And and. And I cut my finger. You ever done that? Bleeds like a stick, stuck pig. Is that, do pigs even bleed? I know they don't sweat. I imagine they bleed. But, but I, we've just always said that. And it's bleeding. And all I do is I just wrap it with a paper towel and squeeze it for a little while. And, and, and for a few days, it hurts. It's a little tender. It's been four or five days now. There's no scar. There's no skin. There's, I mean, there is skin. It's already grown everything back. What is that? It's God's how he created our bodies. It's a miracle, really. It's amazing how our bodies work to heal ourselves. We, when you have an infection, what do you get? You get a fever. What's that? It's God using, he's trying to attack that infection. And, 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 and it's a good thing. You heal, you heal naturally. You also heal medically. 
I mean, I said it earlier, and I thank God for doctors. I thank God when my son got meningitis, and, and it was a bad deal, that there was wisdom and insight and medicine that, that, that helped him get better. I, I just, you know, God just uses that, and I'm grateful for it. But he also does it miraculously. God, God is a healing God. Annabelle Bean, she's a girl that it's documented in miracles uh, from heaven where she had these internal issues that were terminal, was killing her, tons of pain, a lot of agony, sent to doctor after doctor, and they'd given her pretty much no home and no hope. And one of the seasons when she was home, she was climbing a tree, and, and she fell 30 foot down this hollow red oak tree and landed on her head. And, and uh, no, no concussion, no bruises, no nothing. In fact, when they went to look her over, they found that the, that the disease on the inside had been healed, miraculously cured. And she testifies it was the power of Jesus. It was, it was by his stripes I am healed. I have a, I have a friend that, that, that I look to as a mentor and a coach. And he, has, he does 21 days of prayer. And that's where we got it from. And several years ago, they were in their 21 days of prayer. And there was a young lady sitting on about the third row that had been praying and wanting to have a baby. Four doctors told her she couldn't have a baby. They tried you know, for that fertilization, whatever that thing's called, where you get the hormone shots and, or whatever it is, and you do all that, and nothing seemed to work. And they said, you need to go get, you just go another avenue, go adoption, go foster. She was sitting several years ago in that 21 days of prayer, and she felt like the Lord said, you're pregnant. And so she went to her pastor, my coach, mentor friend, and said, I just got pregnant. And, and he said, well, I didn't see anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Do you know how babies are born? I don't know what you, you're, you, well, go confirm it. And sure enough, she went to the doctor. She was pregnant several years ago. Today, she has four young boys that are healthy and whole. Why? Because God's able to open up wombs. God, God is a healer. God, God's word declares it. Jesus did it. And, and it, and it continues to this day. So is God able to heal? Yes. Here's the second question. Is God willing to heal? Does he desire to heal? Is it, is it in his heart to heal? Here, listen to this, Mark 1.40. A man with leprosy came to him and begged him on his knees. God on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. I don't know if you will, but I know you can. I don't know if you want to, but I know you have the power to. If you're willing, you can make me clean. Here's Jesus' response. He said he was filled with compassion. You know why Jesus heals? Because he loves you. Because he cares about you. Some people say, well, Jesus heals to declares the power of God, and that might be a benefit, that might be a, a sidebar, but I don't think that's the motive. I don't think, Jesus was never a sensationalist. He was never, you read the Gospels, he was never trying to draw attention to himself. It, when he healed, even in this instance, you know what he told this man after he got healed? Don't tell anybody. Shh. Be real quiet about this. Why? Because his time had not yet come. You know why he healed this guy? Because he was compassionate for him. He loved him. He cared about him. That's Jesus' motive. That's why God heal, heals, because he cares about you, because you're his children. You're the apple of his eyes. You're the, you're the pride of his life. You're, he's a good father that wants to do good things for his kids. He touched the man, and he said, I am willing. I want to. This is my desire. I want to see you whole. I want to see, and, and somebody's going to say, well, why didn't everybody get healed? God's desire is for everybody to get saved, but not everybody gets saved. I don't, I don't know. We'll talk about that in a minute, but I know, do know that God is able, and I know that God is willing, and the Bible says, be clean, and immediately the leprosy left him, and he was cured. 
You know what I think really was going on in this story when this guy said, if you're willing? I think he was making it personal. I think he was saying, Jesus, if you're willing to heal me. I see you healing everybody else, but I'm a leper. I've been, I've been ostracized and outcast for years. I've been told that my sickness is a result of my sin. Everywhere I go, I got to yell, unclean, unclean. God, I know that you can heal. I've seen you heal. I, 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 I think this question, I think you're even willing to heal because you got such great compassion. I just don't know if you want to heal me. And you know what? There's people in this crowd right now, and you, you've come to the conclusion God is able, but I'm not sure if he wants to heal me. My prayer life is less than adequate. My, I still lose my temper at times. I'm, I should be further along than I, than I, than I should be. I'm just, I'm just not, I'm not quite there yet. And we ask, God, are you willing to heal me? And I'm telling you, yes, God. is. Here's another thing. Well, I don't think I got enough faith to be healed. How much faith do you have to have? If you have faith as a mustard seed, you can move a mountain. It's not the faith of a mountain to move a mustard seed. You just need a little bit of faith. I think we've even got healing, and we've even went to, we've swung kind of the pendulum to a works-based healing. If I believe enough, if I trust enough, if I think enough, if I say enough, and I'm, not, I'm all for power of confession, I'm not belittling the, the, the faith thing. I mean, we, not faith thing. That even sounded disrespectful. We receive everything through faith. But it's by grace. It's a gift of God. It's, it's the graciousness and goodness of God. I was, I was healed of aspiratory pneumonia, not because I was good, but because he's good. Not because my parents did something extraordinary, but because God can do something extraordinary. We act like we're the reason for It's not about us. It's about him, his mercy, his power, his goodness, his grace. I, I get ticked off when people say, oh, if you ever tell somebody they didn't get healed because their faith, don't tell me. Because I might slap you in the name of Jesus. Why would you kick, why would you hurt somebody like that when they're already struggling and hurting? Why, why would you do that? Why would you add insult to injury? You don't do that. And, and, and then again, you know, we talk, and again, I'm not belittling faith. You got to have faith. You got to believe that everything we receive is by faith, through grace. It's a gift of God. You understand that, right? You talk about the New Testament. They had faith, great faith, but they also had a lot of doubts. You read, you read Acts chapter 12. James had just been, got, he just got killed by Herod. Herod was the political figure, the political leader. He killed James, a follower of Jesus. The crowd were, crowds were loving it. They were so excited about what Herod did. So he said, go get Peter. I'm going to do the same to him. So he brought Peter in, and he got four, four soldiers, four squads. Every eight hours, four new soldiers came to watch over him with the intent that he's going to stay in jail for a little while, and I'm going to kill him. The crowds are going to swell. They're going to love me. I'm going to continue my position of leadership. Meanwhile, back at the house church, the believers are praying, God rescue him, God help him, God, God don't, let, don't let Peter die like you did James, not like the Herod did to James. Will you, just give, will you just give him favor, rescue him? You did it before, do it again. At midnight, the angel of the Lord shows up in Peter's jail cell, takes off his shackles, puts the guards in deep, deep, deep sleep, opens up the jail cell. Leads him out of the jail. Leads him out of the prison yard. Leads him up the street. He gets up the street and the angel leaves. And you say, man, that's crazy. Yeah, that's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible, but nothing's impossible with God. That's why we serve an impo- a God, 
of impossibilities. And, and the angel left. And so what did Peter do? He went back to the church because he knew they were praying for him. And he gets to the house and he knocks on the door. And this servant girl named Rhoda comes to the door, opens it. Peter, what are you doing here? Slams it in his face. Runs back to the leaders that are leading the prayer meeting. Hey, guys, Peter's out there. No, he's not. That's why we're praying. We're praying that Peter will get delivered. No, 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 no. I just saw him. He's at the front door. Would you, girl, you know what they said? You're losing your mind. What are you drinking? What are you thinking? What are you smoking? What's going on with you? No, no, no. Peter is at the door. Okay, let, let, let's go. They open up the door. Sure enough, Peter's at the door. You know what the Bible says? They were astonished that God did that. That doesn't sound like a lot of faith to me. It sounds like a bunch of doubt, and, but because why? Again, you got to have faith, but it's not about, it's about God and his goodness and his grace and his mercy. It, here's the question I'm trying to answer. Is God willing? Yes. Is God willing to heal you? Yes. If you believe he's able, if you believe he's willing, you are a candidate for healing. But here's the next question. Whew. What if I'm not healed? What if I'm not healed? This pastor, if you look around, everybody's not getting healed. I prayed for my husband for years. I prayed for my kid. Why am I still struggling the way I am physically? And here's all I can tell you. Even when I'm not healed, I'm still going to trust him. Here's, here's what Isaiah said. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. God doesn't think like us. God doesn't, doesn't obviously doesn't act like us. He, he's not, he's not, we're often thinking about the here and now. He's thinking about the afterlife. He, he's thinking, we're thinking about what God does in us. He's thinking about what I want to do through you. He just he just thinks differently. I, I think about Lazarus, and, and Lazarus was dead for four days, and Jesus comes and raises him from the dead. And everybody's excited, and everybody, well, it's a miracle. It's a testimony of God's grace. A few years later, though, Lazarus' body wears out. I don't know how many years, maybe a decade. I don't know. His body wears out, and he dies. What, what's my point? Miracles aren't meant to extend life forever, or they're... they're Here's what I think I'm trying to say. There, there's a heaven and this ain't it. Life is but a vapor here today and gone tomorrow. We live in a sin-filled world. We, fit, we live in a fallen world and therefore there's going to be sin and there's going to be sickness and there's going to be disease. And, and I hope I don't sound contradictory because I'm not. God is able to heal. God is willing to heal because he loves you and has compassion for you. But sometimes for whatever reason he doesn't and when he doesn't, what am I going to do? And I encourage you to trust him. And, and I, I, I wish, I wish I understood it better. I wish I could give you clear answers, but I don't. And I know some of you do, and you're going to send me an email tonight or give me a book, and I'll find out tomorrow. But until then, until then, I'm, I'm just going to trust him. Here, here's, you know what John says? John says right now we don't see clearly. When we get to heaven, we're going to see clearly. You know what I think? When we get to heaven, we're going to go, oh, that's why you did that. Oh, now I understand. Thank God I, I, I didn't, whatever, we're just, it's just going to, we're going to see clearly. 
But until then, we just got to trust him. Here, here's what. Here's what 2 Corinthians says. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we're wasting away, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. When the disciples were sent out, remember I read it, the 12 disciples were sent out, and they healed a bunch of people. They came back rejoicing. And I'll come back to this verse in a minute. You know what they said? You know what Jesus said? They're so sad. Man, the demons obey us. They bow at our feet. People are getting healed. And Jesus said, hey, don't rejoice that miracles are happening. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. They were thinking about the here and now. Jesus is thinking about forever. See, see, here's what he says. We're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. In 2000, Vicki Qualls, she, is, she was the pastor's wife of Trinity Assembly of God over there on Courthouse. She was diagnosed with uh, ovarian cancer and so bad that it, it developed, it had wrapped around her aorta so it was inoperable. It appeared, it looked like the tumor was so big that she looked eight months pregnant. They tried to do everything, all the doctors tried to do everything they could and, and there was just, there was, it was inoperable. And so they told her husband, Lowell, they said, plan a trip, get ready. You don't have much longer. If there's anything that you want to do, I, I would make plans and do it. And so they scheduled a trip for Hawaii. A few days before they were to go to Hawaii, she had a checkup, and the doctor examined her and said, something's different, something's changing. We would like to do a little exploratory surgery. And so three days later, they went in and they explored, and they found that the, this, this tumor had disconnected from the aorta. And it had, it had enveloped itself. And 90% of it of the cancerous cells were dead, and the other 10% were dying. And they were able that day, as she was on that table, they were able to take out a tumor that was the size of a football. And they declared it, it's in Henrico Doctors Hospital, it's a known fact that it's medically recorded as a medical miracle. So excited. So, so amazing. So incredible. Their trip to Hawaii was not a goodbye, but it was a celebration of the goodness and grace of God. 20 months later, cancer comes back. Two months later, she dies and is eternity in heaven. Why? That doesn't make sense. I don't know. I know God is able, and I know God is willing. And I know when he doesn't do it, I'm still going to trust him. There's a story. It's not concerning healing, but I think it applies. It's in the Old Testament, Daniel chapter 3 or 6, and I'll read it to you in a minute. It's Nebuchadnezzar. He set up this graven altar. He set up this image, this golden thing, nine feet tall, really wide. And he made this decree. Anytime you hear the music, I want everybody to bow down to this false god. And so the music would play, and all these people would bow down and worship this God. And there was three boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who neither worshipped his God nor would bow to his idol. And he got word of it, and he, and he, and he became extremely angry. And he said, go get these boys. I'm going to make an example of them. They don't want to worship my God. They don't want to listen to my decree. I'm going to turn up the fiery furnace. They're, they're going to burn. They're, they're going to pay for this. I mean, he's ticked. He's going to let everybody know it. And so he brings them before him, and he gives them an opportunity to talk. And so the three Hebrew kids said to King Nebuchadnezzar, 
We don't, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. King, we're not bowing. That's what they're saying. We, we don't have any defense. We, we have rebelled against your decree to, to bow our knee to this false God. We're not doing it. And we're not, we, we don't need a lawyer. We don't need defense. It's not happening. And if we're thrown into the blazing fire, listen to this. Look at these words. The God we serve is able to deliver us. He's able. If he, want, if he wants to, t- he can douse the fire. He can, he can somehow keep us in the fire. God, I don't, know, I don't know how he does it, but I want you to know, King, we're not bowing to our need of that false God. And if you throw us in the fire, God is able to deliver us. And then listen to what they said. And he will deliver us from your hand. Not only did they believe God's able, but they're declaring God's willing. He is going to do it. He's willing because he's compassionate for his children, because he loves us and has our best interests in mind. Not only does he have the power to, but God will. He's willing to. Listen to this. But even if he doesn't, but for whatever reason, even if he doesn't, King, we want you to know we are not going to serve your gods. We're not going to set up. We're not going to bow to the image that you have set up. We're going to trust God. We're going to believe God. We're going to depend on God. God, God, is, God is bigger than this. God is greater than this. I, I know God can. I believe God will. But even if he doesn't, I'm not turning my back on him. I'm not giving up. I'm not backing down. I'm not surrendering. I'm still going to trust him. I'm still going to love him. I'm still going to live for him. I'm still going to honor him. I'm not bowing my knee to false God. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus and believe that he's going to rescue me from everything and everybody that's trying to pull me back in Jesus' name. Amen, everybody. I know God can, and I believe God will, but even if he doesn't, I'm going to trust him. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your word, and I pray that you would implode it on the hearts of your people. God, I pray. We, we've talked about that grace, that healing is it's, it's a gift. It's grace, but it also it does take faith. I don't want to belittle that. I pray that faith would begin to arise in this house for healing. Just, just like those three kids, Lord, that we would declare God is able, God is willing, and God can do it in the name of Jesus. We confess it and believe it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Before we pray for the sick, we got to deal with your heads bowed and eyes shut. We got to deal with one, one sickness that will cause you to live forever apart from God. It's not cancer. It, it, it's not migraines. It's sin. Sin will separate you from God forever. If you, don't, if you don't allow Jesus to deal with your sin, you can't deal with it. Well, I'll just be better. I'll, I'll, I'll start doing more good things. I'll clean myself up. That's not sufficient payment. Jesus died. Jesus stretched out his arms. Jesus shed his blood. Jesus gave his all so you could be forgiven, cleansed, and set free. The only way to deal with your sins is to accept the payment that Jesus Christ paid for you on Calvary. It's the only way. I hear people all the time, well, I'm not good enough. I've been too bad. You are a candidate. That's why Jesus didn't come for the well. He came for the sick. He came for us that needed a Savior. 
And then you say, well, well, I'll clean myself up. Let me, let me take a couple weeks and I'll get a little bit better. You can't clean yourself up. You come to God and let him clean you up. Take the first step towards him. Right now, right here. His arm is reached out. And he's just saying, man, I love you. I care about you. I want to give you eternal life. I want to forgive you of your sins. I want to make a way where there seems to be no way. Let me be your savior. Let me be your leader. Let me be your Lord. And all I'm asking you to do is reach out your hand and take his. And say, yes, Lord, I'll follow. Yes, Lord, I accept. Yes, Lord, I receive. Yes, Lord, I need you. You say, Pastor, I need to do that. I need to take the hand of my king, my savior, and allow him to lead me and forgive me. Then do it. You don't have to do it literally, but just in your mind. Take your hand, put it in the hand of Jesus, and say, Lord, I need you today. Lord, I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I've tried to do it by myself, and I'm tired of that way. I accept the payment on the cross for my sins. I receive your forgiveness, and I invite you to be the Lord and the leader of my life. Here's what I would say. I would say, Lord, I give you my life. I surrender my will. I bow my knee to you. And I thank you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In just a minute, we're going to give you some next steps on what to do if you gave your heart to the Lord. And you know what the Bible says? That if you said yes to Jesus, the angels in heaven are rejoicing. And we rejoice with you today of of the new decision that you've made to follow the Lord. Can we do that? Can we just thank God for the salvation that he brings to men and women, boys and girls? Here, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to take a few moments and pray for the sick. Again, I'm encouraging you now is not the time to leave. God can do more for you in the next few minutes than I could ever hope to do. Now is not the time to check out. It's not over. We're, we're, we're going after God. Here's what James said. He said, is anyone among you sick? We'll call on the elders of the church to pray over him. We've, we've designated, we have, we have empowered some people that are going to come and stand in as elders today, as prayer people. And they're going to they're gonna pray for you. And here's their only thing. This is all they know. They know God's able and they know God's willing. And the Bible says to anoint him with oil. We, we've got some oil this morning and we're not going to get sloppy. You're not going to go out of here with a greasy head and a slick you you're not you're not it's not gonna happen like that we believe it's low real just a little dab will do you you just need a little bit and there's no power in the oil just like there's no power in the bread or the wafer when we are the wafer or the juice when we take communion it represents the blood and the body of jesus the oil represents the power of the holy spirit so symbolically we're just putting a little faith to our act we're going to anoint you with oil we're going to pray the prayer of faith god you're able And God, you're willing, and we're going to believe this morning that sick bodies are going home healed, that depressed minds are going home free, that people that, that 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 are less than are going home in the power and the grace and the goodness of God, not because you're good, but because he's good, not because what you do, but because of what he has already done. Can you say amen? We're going to sing a song. I'm going to encourage you to step out from where you're standing. Come to the front. If you don't, if you don't need healing today, would you make your place, your space, a place of prayer? Would you extend your hand and pray over these that come? 
Can we just turn this place into a house of prayer? Lord, we're believing you today. As people step out of their seat in faith, as they come believing that not only you're able, but you're willing, would you do miracles in this house today by your power, by your grace, by your strength, in Jesus' name. If you're sick today, will you come? Let's believe God with you.